Another edition of the Employment Hour is underway here. Uh, uh, contact, of course, anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. We will get to the severance pay calculator a little later on in the show, like we always like to do. It is a, a tool you should be familiar with and join the other uh, 550,000 people that have used the severance pay calculator and uh, had their eyes opened up literally about what they should be owed as far as severance is concerned. Um, you can't be let go of your job if dot, dot, dot. We'll get to those talking points as our topic for today, one of several, and your emails uh, a little later on. But first, we'd like to get to a, a segment, uh, Lior, we call the week that was some situations that have been happening in your office when you're not here uh, while doing the radio show. What's going on? Well, John, uh, it's it's been another great week, another week where I got to speak with so many people and answer a lot of email questions and uh, and hopefully solve some problems or at least make people feel better about their workplace situation. That's terrific. That's what I want to do. That's what I do day in and day out. Uh, I'm, I'm on the radio here a couple hours a week, but the rest of the time, I am actually in my office working with people, resolving problems, using the legal process to to solve these issues. So if you have a workplace problems, if you if you are concerned about something your boss did or didn't do, you think you're being mistreated, maybe you're upset because you lost your job, and, and you should be upset, and you should be upset about the severance that you've probably been offered, call me. Email me in those situations. Let's talk about that. And of course, listen in to the show every time we're on the air, because when we're on the air, we're going to talk about those issues that are relevant to you and hopefully help uh, alleviate some of the concerns that you have. And the week there was, John, as you said, a couple situations that came across my desk. Uh, first situation uh, involved a gentleman that had worked in a construction uh, company. He was a laborer uh, for some uh, 21 or 22 years and long service employee. And you know, business had slowed down for this company and they decided to, to let him go. They called it a layoff. It doesn't matter. It was a termination. Yeah. They let him go. Uh, and no severance. Uh, he had heard the show. So he went to them and said, wait a second, I got to get paid severance. Good man. They told him, no, no, what you heard doesn't apply to construction. You're in construction, so you don't get it. Uh, and uh, he called me and he said, well, Lior, my employer tells me that I don't get severance because I'm in construction. I always hear you on the show talk about severance. What gives? Well, let me tell you what gives. Of course, he gets severance. So I want to be very clear here. Construction employees, non-construction employees, you get the same amount of severance based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. Now, there's some confusion that some people have because of the fact that your minimum entitlements may be different if you're in construction, but forget about that. You don't care about that. Your full entitlements, what you're actually owed if you lost your job, is the same, construction or not. So this person, after 21 or so years, was owed about 18 months of pay. One wow. 18 months pay. So not only does he get severance, he gets a year and a half worth of his pay. And I bring this up here to remind everyone, construction employees, non-construction employees, anyone essentially that's non-union, get severance based on age, position, length of employment. Call me. Go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You know, it's a, it's a nice ending to that story because he goes from having nothing, which he would be in an absolute panic, probably a family guy, probably has bills to pay, to having a year and a half in his bank account so he can explore other work and, and do it. But imagine the people that don't buy guys in construction right outside our studio that are, you know, they don't know. And they've left with nothing because they didn't think they got it because they're in construction. The only reason he even thought to to challenge what his employer right. said is because he actually heard the show. Yeah. Uh, but how many people don't have, unfortunately, the benefit of that, and they will believe that? Then, and, and you know, the employer here may have been confused as well. I'm not. I'll, I'll give the employer uh, the benefit of the doubt here. Maybe the employer didn't know. 
but it happens often. So it's up to you to stand up to your, your rights, but also do the right thing. If you know your friend, your family member, your acquaintance, someone lost their job and, and they probably are struggling with some misconceptions as well. Tell them the truth. Tell them to contact me if they have questions, and certainly tell them about the severance pay calculator. Look, it's real simple. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. Still a couple minutes to go before we break. What else is happening? Uh, you, as you recall, John, the provincial government uh, earlier this year impa- uh, announced all kinds of changes to our employment laws. Uh, they increased the vacation pay for certain employees. They increased minimum wage yep. uh, and a number of other things. Well, this particular company decided that that doesn't apply to them. So I got a call from an employee we said well my employer didn't increase our minimum wage the employer didn't give us extra vacation we're still not getting paid we're on call what do we do well john it was one letter from me and it resolved the matter right away and i wanted to bring this up here to remember there's no exceptions your employer can't decide that the laws don't apply to you and your employer can't punish you for trying to stand up for your rights so in this case he stood up for his rights by having me write a letter as soon as the company realized Holy cow, yeah, he called us on it. Someone actually had the the guts, so to speak, right. to do something. They did everything they were supposed to. They paid them retroactively. The matter was resolved. So there's a lesson there for you. Always, always stand up for your rights. Coming up here, you can't be let go from your job if dot, dot, dot. We'll get to those talking points in just a bit. Uh, stick around, one 821 5,900, the number to get a hold of Lior and his team at the firm when we're not doing this radio show, and help at employmenthour.com as well. It's the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. one 821 5,900, and help at employmenthour.com. That is the way to reach out and contact Lior when uh, you're not listening to this radio show. I uh, want to get into this and the topic uh, for part of the show anyway. You can't be let go from your job if we understand generally um, that if you're let go from a job, you get severance. That's the general rule. But there are exceptions. Tell me about that. So the general rule is your employer can let you go at any time as long, or for any reason as well, as long as they pay severance. So oh. most of the time when someone calls me being upset for being let go, and of course you're upset. Of course you're going to be upset that you're let go. But I tell them, you know, unfortunately, they're allowed to let you go. It's simply a question of severance. And of course, that's where the issues start because in most of these cases, people have not been offered proper severance. But despite that, there are circumstances where regardless of severance, the company is not allowed to let you go. They cannot let you go, even if severance is paid, even if a lot of severance is paid. So what we want to talk about is situations where the termination itself is illegal, even if severance is paid. This uh, first one on the list has got a big glowing red light on the top of it, and quite easily, you cannot be let go for discriminatory reasons, right? That's right. And this is a very big one to remember. You cannot let go as a result of discrimination. So you cannot be let go because of your ethnicity or because of your age or because of your sex or race. You cannot be let go for those improper reasons. So if an employee is now 65 and the company wants to say, well, we'd like to bring in some new blood, you're a bit older, so we're going to let you go, here's all your severance, that is illegal. That is a human rights violation. When an employer lets an employee go for discriminatory reasons, that's something that the company cannot do, that's a human rights violation, and they don't get out of it just by paying severance. So what does that mean for the employee? Well, that employee, of course, other than the severance, potentially is owed human rights damages, in some situations, John, could potentially even get their job back, which is wow. not a common thing, but could. 
So remember, if you've been let go for discriminatory reasons, for discrimination, that's illegal. Now, if you've been let go because your boss uh, likes someone better than you because uh, they hang out with them more, that's not discrimination. Discrimination implies age, race, uh, ethnicity, uh, those types of things. If that's what happened to you, you, re you really have to reach out to me. Even if you suspect that that's what happened to you, that's uh, potentially illegal. little sidebar to that first point, though. You mentioned uh, you know, the fictitious example of a guy who's 65. Uh, mandatory retirement age, that disappeared about, what, a dozen years ago? But it used to be a thing. It used to be a thing. And for yeah. some uh, employers, maybe they're, they're still living in the past, they think it is still a mm -hmm. thing. So in the past... Uh, I think it was about 12 years ago. Yes, the, the a company was able to say, well, it's 65. We have a policy that you have to retire at 65 so you're gone. And no severance would have had to be paid. And it would not have been illegal. Okay, well, in, uh, that, that was removed. That was changed. So right now you have a right to work as long as you want, whether it's 65, 75, or whatever at age. And the company cannot let you go, cannot have a policy that says you have to be out of here by a certain age. If they do that, that's a human rights violation. You cannot be let go from your job for trying to enforce your rights in the workplace. You cannot. That's what we call a reprisal. Yeah. So a reprisal is a situation where you've been, you, you, you're standing up for your rights. You're trying to enforce your rights and you get punished. Maybe you're suspended or maybe you're being let go. So an example, let's say uh, you don't think you got overtime. And you're telling your employer, employer, I, I need you, you have to pay me my overtime. And they let you go because of that. Even if they pay you severance, that is illegal. Right. Okay, that's a reprisal. They can't do that. Same thing would apply with vacation pay. Same thing would apply with minimum wage, whatever you want. When there's a legal right that you have and you're either trying to enforce it or trying to find out information about that legal right and you get punished, you get let go. That is a reprisal. That's illegal. Uh, so people should always know that they have a right to ask questions. They have a right to stand up for their right, and they, their employer does not have a right to punish them. Some people that I know don't want to stand up for their right because they're afraid to be punished. They're afraid of the consequences of standing up to their right. Well, that should not be an issue. If that happens, the law is going to come down pretty hard on the employer that punishes that employee that had the the, uh, the audacity, if you will, to stand up for their rights. Contact anytime, by the way, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. Uh, I think we've got time to get through one more of these in this long list before we take a break. You cannot be let go. From your job, if you complain about workplace harassment. Workplace harassment. That's another form Should be of, obvious, of, of, but, of reprisal. Yeah. But no, you, you can't. Yeah. And I, I, the same thing as I said before, I've known many employees over the years that did not want to raise harassment allegations against whoever it is because they thought that they could be punished. And they yeah. also thought, well, what happens if the company doesn't believe me or I can't prove it? Can I be punished then? So let's be very clear. Once you say the H word, the harassment word, you cannot be punished in any way, even if it cannot be proven at the end of the day. Even if you cannot establish it, you cannot be punished because you've raised harassment allegations. What does the company have to do? They have to investigate. They have to do an honest, good faith, and thorough investigation. And at the end of the investigation, if the allegations are corroborated, they have to fix the problem. That's it. That's what the company has to do. They're not allowed to punish you. They're not allowed to let you go. And, and if they let you go, not only is that potentially a reprisal, that could potentially also be a human rights violation, depending on the circumstances. So severance is not going to fix the company's problem. It's not going to get them out of that trouble. So if you're, a, if you're a victim of harassment, try to deal with it internally as best you can. 
Any problems, any concerns, reach out to me. Take a quick break. You cannot be let go from your job if dot, dot, dot. We'll get to more of those after we take that break. one 821 5900 Email anytime, help at employmenthour.com. Employment Hour right here continues. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The number to get a hold of Lior, the rest of the team, write it down, keep it, one 821 5900 and simply help at employmenthour.com is the email address you want to use. We have been talking about, got a few more of these I'll throw at you, Lior, uh, times you cannot be let go from your job, you cannot be let go for any reason related to, uh, the big one, pregnancy or parental leave, don't mess with mama. Yeah, now technically that falls under discrimination, but right. I wanted to address that separately because it is such an important one and such a big one and, and really fundamental. So you cannot be let go. And not just let go, John. You cannot be punished in any way because you're pregnant, because you're going to take a maternity leave, because you want to make sure that you take the full maternity leave. Mm -hmm. You cannot be punished in any way. So that would be several things. That would be a reprisal. That would be a human rights violation. That would be a violation of the Employment Standards Act. That would be be bad faith conduct. You name it, it's right there. So that is a big one. You cannot be let go. Now, can you be let go if you're pregnant if it has absolutely nothing to do with your pregnancy? Yes. If the department is shutting down and everyone is losing their right. job and you happen to be pregnant, well, then the company is not doing anything illegal. But even if part of the reason, John, not the whole reason, even if part of the reason is the fact that the, uh, the employee is pregnant, taking a paternity leave or, or a parental leave, it applies to fathers too, by the way, that is illegal. You cannot be let go. Potentially, you could get your job back in that situation because it's that bad and beyond the damages that you would otherwise be owed. That is illegal. If that happens, you get on the phone, you get your computer and email me. We need to speak right away. You cannot be let go because you are sick and cannot work. Yes. And this is probably the most common form of, quote unquote, illegal termination that I see. Employees being let go because they're disabled, because they're sick, because they cannot physically work. So you may have been off for a while and, and you're working on getting better. You can't work. The company says, well, we're gonna, we, we don't have a job for you anymore. You're out of here. Cannot happen, okay? Because if you're let go because of a disability, that's another human rights violation. The company has to allow you to get better. The company has to give you that time, whether that time is a week, a month, a year, or longer, okay? You have a right to your job. So if you're let go because of a disability, because you're off on a medical leave, uh, because an insurance company cuts you off from the disability leave, that is illegal. That cannot happen. So it's not at that point just about severance. It's about other things as well. If that happens, let's chat right away because it's illegal. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. By the way, an email is help at employmenthour.com. You cannot be let go if you have a drug or alcohol problem. So a drug and alcohol problem or alcohol problem and addiction is actually considered in the eyes of the law to be a disability. Right. So we, we just spoke a second ago about the fact that you cannot be let go if you're disabled. Well, if you're an alcoholic, then that is a disability. So if you're let go because you, you, you're not performing well at your job, you've been late, you've been missing work because of that disability, you cannot be let go. You cannot be punished in any way. So there's a difference between, you know, I, I, I went to uh, have too many drinks at lunch and I came back to work, uh, you know, drunk. That's one thing. If on the other hand, if I'm an alcoholic, well, then that's a different situation altogether. I, I can be let go for bad judgment when it comes to drugs or alcohol. I right. cannot be let go because I have an actual problem, a medical problem. So if you have a problem, uh, I, I think the best advice is to be honest with your employer because they may not know. 
They may not know. They may just think, you know, you're, you're just irresponsible. So if you have a medical problem, uh, then tell your employer you're dealing with it, you're working with it. They have to accommodate. They have to give you the time needed to get better. In some situations, they may even need to provide the actual support in terms of a treatment. So remember that that is a disability. You can't be let go because of that in that situation. Any problems, you know what to do. You reach out to me. Uh, this last one, I think in, in five and a half, almost six years of doing the show, we've never talked about this one. That is, you cannot be let go for trying to unionize. Exactly. And th- that is uh, another one that we have to raise. The law protects the right of employees to be unionized. Now, we can talk politically whether people should or should not be, but that's not the point here. The point is, if someone wants to be unionized and they're actively trying to get a union in, they cannot, they absolutely cannot be fired or or punished in any way. Uh, The Labor Relations Act here in Ontario protects employees in that situation. You have a right to uh, distribute uh, pamphlets, if you will, to to bring in a union to to talk to people, uh, and your employer may not be happy with that. That's fine, but they cannot punish you for doing that, okay? That's very important. So if that's a decision that you've made, you want to be unionized, okay, I mean, you probably want to think whether that is in fact a good idea for you. But if you've decided that it is, if you've informed yourself, company can't do anything to you. They cannot do anything at all. And if you do ha- are in that situation, then uh, then we really should talk about that because there are significant penalties that, that the labor board uh, imposes on employers that... Uh, punish those or try to intimidate employees that support a union. It's illegal. The irony is, though, if you do become unionized, then they can't use you any longer. Right? Yes, that's right. That's right. If, if, if you're unionized, then you can't use me or any lawyer. Right. And what you would have done there, you probably significantly limited your rights, certainly when it comes to severance. So yep. that's why I'm saying research the topic. Okay. Yep. I'm not going to say whether you should or should not be unionized, other than to say, make sure you understand what you're getting and what you're losing if you become unionized. But that said, if you decide you want to be unionized and you're actively trying to make it happen, your employer cannot do anything to you. I want to take a short break. We're going to come right back with one of your emails, help at employmenthour.com. Then we'll move on to mistakes employers make because, well, they just don't know any better. That and the phone call uh, or phone number for you, one 821 5900 It's the Employment Hour right here at Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Before we get on to our, uh, our next topic, want to bounce to an email. Jordan right in, uh, writes in and says, my boss keeps threatening me that I'm going to be fired. I also have emails from him saying that I am on the chopping block. This stresses me out beyond belief. What can I do? Well, yeah, yeah I wouldn't surprise, I'm not surprised to hear that this is stresses Jordan out. It would stress me out and I'm sure you out and everyone. If your employer keeps telling you, yeah, your days here are numbered. You're on the chopping block. You're not going to make it till the end of the month or whatever it is. That's not a good work environment. That's not a healthy work environment. You're not going to be waking up in the morning saying, gosh, I can't wait to go to work. Uh, and I could, I've seen those situations. It could start impacting your health, the stress of it. So what does this mean? Well, it means you're now working in a poison work environment. So th- these threats, actually, this telling you that your, your days are numbered in itself could amount to a termination, a constructive dismissal. If your employer is creating this uncomfortable, unhealthy work environment for you, you may be able to treat that as a termination. So if your employer says you're going to be gone, well, let's give them what they want, okay? Let's get you out of there now nice. with your severance. Don't, you don't have to keep going and wonder whether today will be the day the axe falls. Well, if you're in that situation, you can establish and prove that your employer is telling you these things, that they're making your life uh, uncomfortable, you may be able to get out of there now, now and get your full severance without having to wait for them to make that decision while you continue to struggle. 
So if you're uh, in that situation, your employer is creating that difficult environment, they're threatening you, and you can prove that they've done that, let's talk. Let's talk about constructive dismissal. Let's talk about getting you out of there so you, that you stop suffering, John. Jordan, appreciate you reaching out. Obviously, you know the email because that's where we got that from. The phone number, by the way, one 821 5900 If you want to continue uh, with Lior, please, uh, please do so. Mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. What's that all about? Well, John, uh, oftentimes people think that I pick on employers. And, you know, I don't know if that's fair. I act for employers as well in my practice. Uh, But uh, I I do point out on the show the the mistakes that employers make and things that employers get wrong. But I wanted to make it clear in this next uh, couple segments that oftentimes these mistakes are not because employers are bad, not because employers are trying to get away with things or trying to hurt their employees. There are significant uh, gaps in knowledge. And a lot of employers, especially especially smaller employers, may be confused about their own obligations. They mm-hmm. may not know any better. So I wanted to talk about a few common situations that I see where I see employers getting it wrong, okay, because they don't know any better. So I'm hoping what I can do here is educate those employers as well as the employees who may be uh, dealing with those uh, circumstances and inform everyone as to what the law actually is. First mistake they can make, you send me here, is uh, when terminating employees, employers often do not understand the difference between common law and the Employment Standards yeah, Act. may as well start with the biggest one. Yeah. And, and the mistake that employers make is that when they let someone go, they think there's this rule of a week per year. They believe that legitimately. They go on the Ministry of Labor website. They read about the Employment Standards Act, and they, which tells them, yes, if I let someone go, I have to pay them a week per year of service, uh, et cetera. And they think, okay, that's all I owe them. So I'm a good employer. I did my research, right. and I'm going to pay them what I have to. Except what they don't understand is that is only a small fraction. Whatever the Employment Standards Act says is a small fraction of what the person that loses their job is actually owed. It's not as easy as going on Google to find that out. You'd have to actually read case law. You'd have to understand employment law. What we call the common law provides for additional entitlements, significant entitlements. So this employer employer that's trying to do the right thing and offering a three-year employee three weeks pay may actually owe this employee six months pay. And they didn't know any better. And before they know it, they're, they're wrongfully dismissing an employee. This happens all the time. So if you lost your job, you have to get the real facts. So you call me, you go to severancepaycalculator.com to get that information. Uh, employers get this wrong often, not necessarily because you're bad, not necessarily because they're trying to hurt the employees because they don't know any better. So both employers and Certainly employees need to understand how severance is actually calculated. For employers too, one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. An employer may not know or realize uh, putting someone on a temporary layoff thinking that it's allowed. Oh gosh, another big mistake and another oh. co- confusing one for employers. Employers may think and, and may read online, again, on the Ministry of Labor website that says you can lay off an employee. Anywhere between 13 to 35 weeks, you, you would see that online and say, okay, well, business is slower, so we're going to lay someone off and hopefully call them back in a few months. We're allowed to do that. We did our research. Well, not so fast. Again, the fact that it says you're allowed has been interpreted to mean you're only allowed to do that if you've created a, a term of employment, if you've signed an agreement with the employee that gives you the power, or if you've done it in the past and the right. employee has allowed you to do it. What does this mean? You're actually, an employer is actually not allowed, not allowed to lay off an employee temporarily. That layoff could be considered a termination. So that employer that thinks, oh, I'm not letting the person go. 
I'm just going to lay them off for a few weeks, a few months until business picks up, may realize, holy cow, I have to pay them full severance. I've just terminated their employment. So you cannot do that. A temporary layoff is a termination. If you want to have the right to lay off an employee temporarily, you have to put that in an employment agreement. In writing. In writing. When you hire someone, one of the terms have to be, employee, if our business is slow, we have the right to lay you off temporarily. If it says that, okay. If it doesn't say that, and I bet you any employer listening to us right now, their employment agreement does not say that. And if your employment agreement doesn't say that, that layoff is a termination. And of course, if you're an employee and you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination right now and get your severance. You mentioned as well if it's been done before. So, you know, I'm an employer and I got Rob here, our producer for the show. Uh, He works for me. I've laid him off before. He accepted it. It was a year ago. I can now do it again, yeah? Exactly. So even though I've said if you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination is if you've decided not to treat that as a termination, if you've accepted it and and stayed home and then came back to work, even though you didn't have to, but you decided to do it, by doing that, you've given the company the right to do it again and again. And the next time they do that, you cannot say it's a termination. The next time you do it, you don't have a choice. You have to accept it. That's why it's so important. If you've been laid off temporarily, you really have to think, do I want to accept this? Do I want to give the company the right to do this again and again? Or am I going to say no? I'm going to leave, get my severance, and move on to another job. If you're an employer, this is important stuff for you, so stick around. We'll get to more of these. And the phone number, 1-855-821-5900. And help at employmenthour.com. It is the Employment Hour right here, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The number, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com through email. And if you haven't checked it out yet, whether you need it now or not, you might someday, and over half a million people have checked it out, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance should be, the proper number. It is free, it is easy, and takes about 30 seconds to uh, to go through it. We were talking about things that uh, employers may not know. Another one on the list, Lior, terminate employees but don't provide notice, notice of termination in writing. Yes, so one of the ways an employer can meet its legal obligations to a terminated employee is to give them advance notice of that termination. So if an employer, as an example, owes someone six months of severance, one of the ways they can avoid if they want paying that severance is by giving them advance notice. I'm telling you today that six months from now, you no longer have a job. That six months from now, you're gone. So in that situation, as long as the notice is sufficient, the employer would have met its obligations. But to make that legal, to make that effective, that notice has to be in writing. If it's not in writing, if it's verbal, it doesn't count. It doesn't mean anything, which means even though technically speaking, you've given the employee notice of termination, you'd still have to pay them severance as if no notice was given. So I see this very often, employers not giving notice of termination in writing. It needs to be in writing to be effective. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. If it's not in writing, you're going to find out that it's as if you've never gave it and you would have to pay full severance. And just as, as we know, or if, if we don't know, if they haven't been uh, been alerted to, notice of termination has to equal what severance should be. So if they were if they were owed six months severance, it's got to be six months termina- uh, six months notice, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we have the severance pay calculator. We, we could potentially call it the notice calculator yeah, if right. we wanted to because right. it's the same thing. So if you go to severancepaycalculator.com and you find out the amount of severance, that could be 
also construed as notice, which means if you got that amount in notice, then that's fine. Or it could be a combination of the two. If you were, as an example, owed six months severance and you got uh, two months notice and got paid four months severance, two plus four equals six, so you're fine. Uh, it works the same way. Most employers, I can say, don't give notice or much notice. They terminate and they pay severance. But if an employer does choose to give notice, they can, but it has to be in writing. Yeah, because a, sm- a small mom and pop shop may not be able to afford, you know, 12 months severance for somebody. So they may give them six and six, right? Absolutely. Or even just 12 is notice. That, that could yeah. happen. But yeah. again, if it's not in writing, it's not effective. And I've seen plenty of situations when a company said, wait a second, we gave you notice nine months ago, but it wasn't in writing. So it's as if it never happened. Not effective. one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. Things that employers don't necessarily realize. Uh, they don't take the time to ensure that their employment agreements are enforceable. This one's huge. If you're going to take the time to write it, do it right. So again, if I put my employer hat on, an employment agreement is the most important document that an employer should have. It's so important. Now, if I put my employee hat on, I say, you never want to sign an employment yeah. agreement. You're better off starting a job on a handshake or with an email. Much, much better. But if you're an employer and you realize the importance of a, uh, an employment agreement, please make sure it's drafted properly. Please make sure that it's enforceable. You can't just go to Google and print off something. Some you template. Can, some template. From you Lithuania. Can, from Lithuania or uh, any other country. Uh, or frankly, you can't even say, well, I'm going to use the agreement from our U.S. office. Right. You can't do that because yeah. that, uh, that won't be worth the paper it's written on here in Canada. So you, may not, you need to make sure it's enforceable. And there's so many ways, which I'm not even going to get into, where an employment agreement can become unenforceable. So, so you, you lose the ability to rely on it. You think, oh, wait a second, we have an agreement that limits the amount of severance we have to pay an employee. Then you realize because you didn't do your homework, it's not enforceable and you have to pay full severance. So for employers, I would say, make sure your agreements are properly drafted and enforceable. For employees, I would say, just because you signed an employment agreement, you can't assume right. that it's enforceable. You cannot assume that it actually hurts you or limits you. Let me see it. If there's an employment agreement, you want to understand, is this good? Does it cause problems? Is it going to cost me money? Is this legal and enforceable? Let me see it. Let me read it. I can tell you right away what's good, what's bad, and how enforceable it is. So there's lessons there, John, for both employers and employees. Dumb question. As an employer, if I'm hearing this going, oh boy, I better get get one drafted up. Can I come to you to get it drafted up? So yeah, and and if you're an employer, I draft employment agreements. I review employment agreements, edit and revise them. And what I do for employees is I review them. So if you've been offered a a job, but you have this five, six, 10 page document in front of you, you want to understand, is it a problem or is it not? Let me take a look at it. I know exactly what to look for because I draft them also. Uh, so I can help employers and employees in, in either of those situations. That's a, you know, that's an interesting point you made up about 10 or 12 pages. And this kind of goes against what you'd think someone as an employee working with an employee would think. They go, oh, they gave me this employment agreement. But my last job, it was 12 pages. This one, it's one page. I'm concerned. It's not big enough. Absolutely. Wrong. There's less words on it. That's a problem. Well, no, no, it's not a problem. For an employee, less is more. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, a handshake is better than a 10-page document. An email is a lot better than a 12-page document because an employment agreement often takes away rights that you would otherwise have that the law provides and either eliminates those rights or turns them around and gives them to the employer. So for an employee, less is more. Don't be concerned about the handshake uh, agreement. Be concerned about the 10-page documents. Everything I said, 
applies the opposite way for right. employers. More is more for employers. So again, employer and employee, depending on your perspective, employment agreements are very important. We'll slide this one in quick before we break. Uh, things that employers may not know, we get this all the time. They believe that probational periods are automatic. Yes, and we, we talked about that a few days ago on our uh, on one of our radio shows. Uh, and, and it's very important that probationary periods are not automatic. They don't exist just because someone started a new job. Probationary periods have to be created in an employment agreement. So unless an employee signed a document saying that they're on probation, they're not on probation, okay? It has to say so specifically. So it's not a thing where the first three months are automatically on probation, or you can't tell someone verbally they're on probation. It has to be created in an employment agreement. Otherwise, you have a regular employee on your hands, which means they have the rights and, and entitlements of every, every other employee. A couple more of these to go, and we'll wrap up with your emails as well. It's one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. We'll continue right here. Don't go anywhere. It's the Employment Hour, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. one 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com through email. Before we get to one or two, before we wrap here for the day, I want to mention uh, one more talking point as far as things that employers may not necessarily realize. And uh, we'll finish off with this one, Leo. Don't properly distinguish between independent contractors and employees. We, we can. I'm pretty sure we have done full shows just yeah. talking about this topic. Uh, so I won't talk about it too much other than to say that this is something that employers get wrong all the time, big or small. This is not just small employers. They think that calling someone an independent contractor is enough. That treating someone or believing that someone is an independent contractor is enough. Nonsense. It doesn't work that way. If someone works for you regularly, if they've been doing it for an extended period of time, they're employees. It doesn't matter what they signed. It doesn't matter what you call them. It doesn't matter who pays their taxes. Okay, They are employees. If they look like an employee and act like an employee, they're an employee even if you call them a contractor. And that's important because if they're really employees, you should be paying them minimum wage. You should be paying them vacation pay and overtime and statutory holiday mm -hmm. pay and severance. So very important. And if you don't do that, at some point, this is going to explode in your face. And of course, for employees, for individuals, if you believe you're an independent contractor, but you really have a regular job or even a, a semi-regular job, the law is going to consider you to be an employee. And that comes with a, an entire host of rights and including that to severance. If you're, quote unquote, an independent contractor, you've been let go, but the law really considers you to be an employee, you get your full severance. So you please, please have to remember that and call me if that happens to you. Not to mention this could, could raise some serious concerns as far as, you know, if you're paying your own taxes or not with the CRA, right? That could be, that could be nasty. That could be nasty for employers or employees. Yeah. Uh, CRA doesn't like it when people misclassify themselves or company misclassify people. Uh, that's illegal. There could be fines, penalties, back taxes, interest, bad news. So better off to just, if someone is an employee, call them that, treat them that, tax them as an employee, stay on the right side of the law. Get to a couple emails here. Patrick next up says, I was recruited by a very large company from a job I had for many years. I was just let go 10 months after I started because they say I wasn't a good fit. How much severance am I owed? Well, this is what we call inducement. Yeah. Inducement is a situation where you're working for a job, you're not looking to leave, but you're recruited. You're recruited to come to another position, another job. And then, you know, things don't work out, they let you go. Well, because you were induced, because you were recruited from another secure job, now that you've been let go, you're owed enhanced severance. Essentially, your severance is going to account for the time you had with the previous company as well. So if you work for 10 years for a company uh, one, 
company two recruited you and you work for them for a year, you're now potentially an 11-year employee when it comes to severance. That's very important. So in this situation, it sounds like it absolutely could be inducement. So that's important to understand that if you're recruited, you may be owed enhanced severance. Reason 2,454 <sighs> as to why not to accept the severance offer without getting proper advice. So a couple things. Uh, number one, how, how long is the threshold between, you know, you mentioned one year. That still reflects the previous 10. So if he's been there two years, three years, four years, when does it stop? Probably once we get up to four years and beyond, the previous service is not going to matter. But in the first four years, certainly, if you're let go after being recruited from a long service job. Right. Now, if you only work for the previous job for six months, it's not going to matter. Right. But if you were there for a, for a long time and then you came in, in the first four months, you may be owed that enhanced severance, that inducement severance. So very important to, to not accept anything without, re, without at least ensuring that you get that full enhanced severance. Understanding that, I'm, I have a feeling that if there's an employment contract with this new company, there might be something in there nasty about that previous service. Should you not look out for that too? Well, let's think about it. I have a job. I'm a secure job. I'm not looking to leave. Yep. I'm, I'm fine where I am. But you know, you come to me. And you convince me to leave. You make me these great promises and how good a future I'm going to be. And I, and I say, you know what, John? I wasn't looking to leave, but after hearing you, I'm going to come and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to come join you. But if at that point you also want me to sign an agreement that says I'm on probation, <laughs> an agreement that says that if you let, go, you let me go, you're going to give me almost no severance, I should be saying to you, well, no, John, no. I'm not going to leave a secure job just to go on probation with you. I'm not going to leave a secure job just to give you the power to let me go without severance. So you have to be very careful. If you're going to leave a secure job, you have to be even more careful with an employment agreement. You have to really understand what you're signing. You don't want to leave a secure job to take a job that's not secured. And the answer as to whether it's secured or not is in that employment agreement. Get to one more before we uh, split for the day. Jack is uh, Jack has a call, says, I was just told, this is her email, uh, that I either have to take a pay cut or go on a temporary layoff for three months, what do I do? What are my options? Well, there's a third option, and that is n- neither of the above. You can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Your employer doesn't have a right, as I said before, to just put you on a temporary layoff. Your employer does not have a right to uh, to treat uh, to, to reduce your compensation. So if your employer does either of those to you, you can say no. That's a constructive dismissal. I'm going to treat that as a termination and get my full severance. So you don't have to take either of those options. Both of those options uh, probably are not very favorable, not something someone should choose. So if you're in that situation, you say no. And if they impose one of those things, a layoff, a reduction in pay, a demotion, a relocation, whatever it is, call me. Let's dot our I's and cross our T's because that could easily be a constructive dismissal. That'll be uh, pretty much it for the day. We got uh, tons of contact for you. Want to continue this conversation on your own in private with Lior, one of his team, one 821 5900 It is help at employmenthour.com and always, always, always refer to the severance pay calculator before making a move. Even before you call Lior, check it out and then discuss afterwards. There is a contact button on the bottom of the calculator and that is at severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, employment, uh, employment Hour right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.